November 23rd, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin, if you count from the bottom of the Amud upward, it's 15 lines up. It's the very beginning of the Gemara. If you recall the Mishnah in its first statement, and that's really what we're going to focus on specifically today, had the following case. It was somewhat of an unclear case. It said, Roseah shenit arev ba'acherim. If there's a person who sounds like an alleged or maybe a convicted murderer who was in turn mixed in together with others, who are those others? Not clear from the Mishnah. That's the mystery of the Mishnah. Uh, what does it mean he was mixed in? It means there were several people. Uh, there were witnesses, perhaps, about the conviction or the allegations with regards to this individual. But we lost track of who said what about whom and in turn, there's a mix of people. Now, the status of the other people, we don't know, but it appears as if this individual is a convicted murderer. He was uh, in court, and sounds like there were witnesses, and the witnesses testified, and the, the testimony was accepted. He was convicted. Sounds as if he's on death row, and then he's mixed together with others. Well, what's the halakha? Again, we'll have to return to it in just a moment in the Gemara, defining what ahirim are. But first, the halakha, a little bit out of order in the Mishnah. The Mishnah presents the case, doesn't fully clarify it, tells us the halakha. The halakha in the Mishnah was, there's a mahluk between hachamim and Rabbi Huda. According to the first opinion, that of hachamim, it's kulan peturim, which means to say we exonerate everyone, including this murderer. How are we exonerating them? Well, the circumstance is such that he got mixed in with a crowd of others. We can't determine sufficiently who did what, about whom we testified. We let everyone off the hook. Continued the Mishnah, and uh, as I mentioned uh, yesterday, in some context, Harambam in Perik Bet, Vilchot Roseach, and Perik Hea, Vilchot Roseach, talks about situations such as these, wherein he says, although we're letting them off the hook, uh, with regards to death penalty, provided the circumstances are fitting uh, for this individual that we determine that they're a danger to society, we do incarcerate, we do uh, imprison them. Uh, when we say kulam peturim, we mean from death penalty, we mean from uh, severe uh, restrictions and uh, ways of dealing with them. Rabbi Udaomer, the Mishnah, however, mentioned another opinion, this is the dissenting opinion, according to the hachamim kulam peturim, according to Rabbi Uda, not so fast, this is a dangerous situation. Here's an individual who, about whom we know is Roseach. We don't know who it is, but now he was mixed in with, again, Acherim. We don't know what Acherim means, but this is dangerous to the extent that he says, Konsino tan lakipa. We take all of this group of people, all the individuals in this group, and we place them in very small, confined areas. We feed them food that will bring to their ultimate demise. It won't be a direct sekila, serefa, hereg, or henek. won't be one of the arba mitot betin, but it'll be in such a small place that they can't lie down. The Gemara will tell us on daf aleph. We'll feed them foods that will cause all sorts of digestion issues and will bring to their ultimate demise. It's almost from one extreme to the other with regards to how we're treating these people. Uh, but again, the question, the million dollar question over here is who are those aherim? We're dealing with a roseah. I know how to define that word. I'm calling it a convicted murderer was mixed in with aherim. Who are those aherim? Says the Gemara, man aherim. Man means who? Who are these aherim? Quote, unquote. Again, the Mishnah used that word very quickly. Roseah shenit the third word, ba'aherim. Says the Gemara, who are those aherim? Uh, perhaps, ilema im tomar, if you'll say, aherim kesherim. Maybe it's a reference to people who are fully and completely kosher. 
which means to say the uh, convicted murderer runs out of court somehow in some circumstance, runs out of the jail, holding cell, whatever the situation is, and walks into a huge convention hall, walks into a room with many people, and all these people have uh, clean records. None of them are convicted, no allegations, no nothing. They're all kashirim. That's the case. Or maybe that's what ahirim means. Says the Gemara, I have two problems with suggesting that that's the case. Number one, the opinion of hachamim is so simple. Uh, you wouldn't have understood it any, any other way. How could you? There's a convicted murderer who came into the synagogue one morning. He gets mixed in. Are you telling me that they're going to treat us in some adverse, some negative way? That wouldn't be fair. That would be ridiculous. It can't be the case that, furthermore, Rabbi Uda's opinion wouldn't make any sense. Are you telling me that he actually says all of us then are going to be put in these confined areas and we're all going to be malnutritioned, uh, get the malnourishment to the extent that we're, we're all going to die for what reason? Because a convicted murderer mixed himself amongst us? It can't be, says the Gemara again. First and foremost, the opinion of Hachamim then would be quite simple. It's straightforward. Of course, everyone gets exonerated. Of course, it's a dangerous situation, but what are you going to do? It's all kosher people. Vitu, and furthermore, Beha means beze. On this, are you going to suggest? Would you even imagine? Rabbi Yudah would say, take all the people. They're all kosher people. They're all good, uh, upstanding citizens. Uh, because a murderer jumped into their midst, because he's hiding in plain sight, but you don't know who he is. You know, that's it. Off with all their heads. Well, not directly, but indirectly. That's not fair. That's inconceivable. As a result, the Gemara, as I mentioned yesterday, will suggest three different interpretations, again, to who those ahirim are, just to state it very clearly what we're looking for. The Mishnah began with a case, a murderer who was mixed in somehow, in some way, with others, a mahlok between Hachamim and Rabbi Yudah, how to deal with the whole group of people within which this murderer is mixed. Hachamim say, they're all off the hook, including that, a uh, terrible person. Rabbi Udad disagrees. Rabbi Udad says they're all not off the hook. Quite the or Maybe we're putting them on the hook. According to Rabbi Udad, we place them all in kippah. Terrible living circumstances. It's going to bring to all their death. Uh, what is the case? What are we dealing with? Says the Gemara, first of three opinions. Amar Rabbi Avahu, Amar Shemuel, Hacha Beroseah, Shelo Nigmar Dino, Shenit Arev Berozhim Aherim, Shenigmar Dinan Askinan. The case, according to the Biavau, goes as follows. It was not a synagogue of clean-slated individuals within which this person mixed himself. That's not the case. Uh, let's make this up. It's a prison uh, holding cell area, which means to say all the people in this prison holding cell, I'm making that up, it could be anywhere else, but all the people are convicted murderers. They're literally on death row. Well, let's deal with 100 people. There's 100 people all on death row. You know they're all convicted murderers. We're just awaiting their, their, not their sentencing. Sentencing has been handed. Just, we haven't yet put them to death. This individual, though, there were witnesses against him who testified who we accepted, but Lonik Martino, we haven't finished the debate, the deliberation of the judges, as we discussed in Masechet Sanhedrin, how that's effectively done. It's just not done. 
So he's not, uh, ironically, it's the opposite of what we imagined originally. The Aherim are all the uh, truly and fully convicted felons. They're all murderers. We know that. This guy is a little bit less severe. Uh, why is he less severe? Because we haven't yet fully convicted him. We didn't take the gavel and uh, bang the table and say, you're Hayav Mita yet. We know that you're a Roseach. That's what we call Shilonigmar Dino. It wasn't finished his judgment. Oh, well, that being the case, what's the mahlokat then between the hachamim and Rabbi Yudah? Again, back in the Gemara, Amar Biyavah, Amar Shemuel, Hacha, Hacha means over here, the case when we're referring to Roseach Shemit Arev Ba'achirim, Be'roseach Shelo Nigmar Dino, we're dealing with a, a alleged murderer, uh, we began the case, we even accepted the testimony, but we didn't finish it. Shenit Arev, he mixed in. Askinan, we are dealing with. He was mixed in with convicted felons and murderers. Rabbanan Savre, the opinion of the Hachamim, now they're the jarring opinion. Are you telling me that we exonerate everyone? Let everyone off? That's right. En gomrin dino shel adam ela befanav. Hilkach. The only way to finish a case is bifanaf. That's the halakha. You need to do it in front of, with the person in absolute presence as you finish the case. You need to finish the deliberation, discussion, and final verdict needs to be announced in front of that person. Technical details because we can't find that person. But you know that person's in this room. You know he's a part. It doesn't matter. And, such, and this is the case I was referring to just a few moments ago where Harambam says, but you know they're all murderers. This guy as well, well, we'll imprison all of them. Uh, we're not actually going to let them out onto the streets. But that's the case according to the Hakam. No, we're not giving anyone any punishments. This person is not convicted yet. This person, since he hasn't had a death penalty, your case is the next case is in the Mishnah, that we gave him a death penalty of Sekilah, we gave them a death penalty of Serifah, and they got mixed up. That's one case. Over here, we never gave him a death penalty. We never nigmar dino. As a result, we can't give the lower death penalty to all of them. Maybe this guy isn't deserving of it. At the very least, we didn't go through with our procedure of making him hayav in betin, hilkach kulan peturin virabi uda. What's that? I don't know, I made, up, made things up yesterday. I mean, uh, at the very least, Yad Rama points out the witnesses have, uh, I don't know, went back to China or something exactly. like that. In other words, because uh, you can't talk to them and appeal to them who's the guy. Uh, yesterday I said maybe there's just two people and they're identical twins. I don't know. I always say it's a theoretical case. Uh, you know, as, in short, but that's, what about Rebiuda? miftirinu legamre name lo. Says Rebiuda, miftirinu milashon patur. To exonerate, to let them off, legamre entirely, namelo. You can't, you can't do that. Because they are, nin who they are, they're murderers. Hilkach, therefore, but we can't put them to death. You can't put them to death. Why can't you put them to death? You can't put a person to death without giving him a gmardin, without giving a verdict in court. You can't give a verdict to this guy because you don't know who this guy is. You're not going to let him off, says Rabbi Yehuda. They're all Rotschin, including him. We therefore do an indirect killing of them, again, in that uh, solitary confinement area, which is so narrow to the extent they can't lie down, and we, we malnourish them, uh, bringing to their, um, their ultimate death. That's the uh, first approach in the Gemara. That's of Rabbi Avau. So again, Rabbi Avau then is interpreting the words in our Mishnah, the Aherim are Rotschin, Shenigmar Dinan, 
This Roseach is a Roseach Shelo Nigmar Dino. Resh Lakish Amar, alternative approach. Says Resh Lakish, you thought our Mishnah was talking about human beings? Ah, you've been reading too much Masechet Sanhedrin. You need to have your mind on Masechet Bavakama. We're not talking about human beings over here. We're talking about animals. Well, what do you mean animals? That's why the Torah and Parashat Mishpatim describes to us if there's a shor, Nagahu mitemol shilshom, if there's a shor, an ox who has gored more than once, is considered a shor mu'ad, and he then kills a person. If he kills a person, what's the status of that shor, of that ox? We kill the ox. Uh, we put to death that ox. That's the halacha. It's called shor haniskal. We do sekila. We stone that ox, that animal, to death. Says Something along those lines is what we're dealing with in our Mishnah household. Resh Lakish Amar Be'adam Dekulei Alma La Peligeh Deptire Says Resh Lakish I disagree with you, Rabbi Avau. Rabbi Avau, you suggested it's a mahlok dispute between Chachamim. And Rabbi Yehuda, with regards to human beings, when one was nig- not Nigmar Dino and all the others were Nigmar Dino, no, 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 no. Everybody would agree to Hachamim in such a circumstance, everybody's let off the hook. Again, Harambam says, but imprisoned, but let off the hook. Nobody's going to suggest, says, uh, says uh, this approach of Resh Lakish, that you would be Konsin Lekipad. Not fair. The guy hasn't had a Gmar Din. The guy hasn't had a final verdict. You can't even indirectly bring to his death. Betin would not and could not do that. Aval However, here, meaning the case of our Mishnah, Beshor Shelo Nigmar Dino, Shinitarev Beshorim Acherim, or Bishvarim Acherim, Shinigmar Dinan Kamiflege. Rather, the case in our Mishnah is not talking about a human being. Again, human being, everybody would agree, Perturim. Case is talking about oxen. It's the exact same case, just with oxen. There's an ox who wasn't finished the case. Maybe it wasn't finished the case. Well, what are you talking about? That's right. You need witnesses who come in and state about this ox. This ox, we saw this ox. We know the history of uh, the case history of this ox. We saw him kill that person on this day and so forth. Okay, we accepted the witnesses. We're dealing with deliberations. Could it be? How and so and so forth. Well, we haven't finished the case, but we have a whole, whole we have this holding cell of other oxen. You know, you and I don't think this way today. We only think about accidents with cars and those sorts of things. But oxen, once upon a time, that's what uh, you had working all over the place. Apparently, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's and yeah. You What's that? We're going to deal with that in one second. Uh, the, the, answer, the answer is maybe. Roseach, though, is, uh, yes, that's a deficiency. Resh Lakish's argument is a deficient argument because Solomon says, how often are you going to call it a shor roseach? The Torah calls it shor nagahu mitemol shilshom. We're calling it a roseach. The word roseach, I mean, who, who calls the car a, a murderer? Who calls the, uh, the cow or the a lion a murderer? You say it's a, it's a dangerous um, a lion. You say it's a lion who's killed or murder. Okay, yeah, that's, his, that's his approach. That's what Resh Lakish says. And so what's the mahlog? Say the Hachamim, well, pay attention to the Pasuk I cited to you just a moment ago. The Torah says, The Torah juxtaposes the death of the animal to the punishment of the human being. Why would the Torah be makish, say that they're next to one another? It's telling you that they share laws and ha'achot one from the other. The same way the human being, you can't put them to death. You can't finish the court case without 
having them in presence, talking to them, understanding who they are, so too say, Hachamim, I know it sounds ridiculous. I know you're dealing with an animal. You need the animal. Yes, even with an animal, you have to have the same halachot from A to Z with regards to putting to death the animal. And as a result, you can't put to death the animal. I can't put to death the animal. The animal is mixed up. The animal, we were never nikmarit, you know, therefore say, Hachamim. Kulan peturin, we let all the animals off the kilkach, kulan peturin. Savar, says, come on. I'm a human being. You need the human being in presence. That I understand. But I, and I'm, I understand what you're going to tell me furthermore. You're going to tell me uh, furthermore, but at the same time, says it, but it's dangerous. How you going to let. So says Savar Lakipa. He says, nonetheless, you take this, these animals, you enter them into those narrow places and bring to their ultimate death. How could Rabiuda argue that way? Is he disagreeing in, fun, in principle with the Hachamim? Rashi cites the pasuk we were dealing with in the past. Rashi cites the pasuk. Well, not not on this matter. Uh, the the what, what seems to be the reality over here is um, a pasuk that we cited in the Gemara earlier, and that's the pasuk of Ubi Artahara Mikirbecha. Ubi Artahara Mikirbecha is the responsibility of Betin to eradicate all evil, to take take off the streets any danger. As a result, of the suggestion of some of the Rishonim in our Gemara is that because we need to eradicate and we can't fully and completely do so with regards to these animals, at the very least we'll bring to the death of these animals. That's the approach of Resh Lakish. So it means we had two approaches with regards to who these Ahirim are. The first approach was that of Rabbi Avahu, the Roseach we're talking about, Lo Nigmar Dino, the others, Nigmar Dinan, Ha, and Fermitat Zaif. The second approach, that of Resh Lakish, we're not dealing with animals, we're not dealing with human beings, we're dealing with animals directly and uh, consistent with Rabbi Avahu, just with the animals. Says the Gemara, Amar Rava, says Rava, I have a question on both of your approaches, both you, Rabbi Avahu, and even you, Resh Lakish, if it's so that your, that your claim is right, I have over here, says Rava, a Beraita which supplements the Mishnah from time to time, very often actually, the Beraita will piggyback on the Mishnah. It'll be a direct continuation. Sometimes the Beraita, which of course is a literature from the time of the Mishnah, uh, so sometimes the Beraita will conflict or it'll give different details. Sometimes it will explain the Mishnah. So Rava is now going to quote a Beraita which explains the Beraita. How so? What does the Beraita say? The Beraita says, Hainu de Katane Allah. Amar afilu abba halafta Question mark. So the Beraita has the following statement: Abba halafta. Abba halafta is a name you see from time to time in the Gemara. Rashi here, in the continued words in the Gemara, explains that he was known as a pious person. He was a Hasid. So imagine uh, we say, uh, I don't know, the chief, uh, I don't know, I don't know, chief rabbi, or uh, the most pious person you know. Okay. Anyway, so the statement here in the Beraita is even if. Even if one of those aherim was this pious person, this important person, the halakha is still relevant. Again, the halakha of Biudan Hachamim, of what to do when you have a rotzech shemitarevim aherim, is even relevant when you're dealing with uh, one of those aherim being Abba Halafta. Let's pause for a second. Let's go backwards. Resh Lakish. Resh Lakish told me the whole case in the Mishnah was an ox who got mixed in with other oxen. Uh-huh. 
Would it make sense to you if I then said, and even if Abba Halafta was one of them, Abba Halafta is a human being. Aksin or Aksin, that statement doesn't have any relevance. Right? In other words, I have a Mishnah. I don't know what the words in the Mishnah mean. And then I have a, a supplementary line from the Beraita, which is going back and explaining the Mishnah in something. And it says, and even if one of those Ahirim was Abba Halafta, what are you talking about? Abba Halafta is a human being. We weren't talking about human beings. Uh, we don't understand that line from the Beraita, according to, according to Resh Lakish. But even according to the Bia, go ahead. According to Resh Lakish, you have to read the Mishnah as one halacha and then an altogether different halacha. Same topic. First one's talking about oxen, second one's talking about human beings. All right, so not only do we have Solomon's question on Reish Lakish, we have Judah's question on Reish Lakish. He says the Mishnah doesn't follow directly, and now we got the question of Ravan Reish Lakish. We're, we're killing Reish Lakish, Hazid. Um, yeah, I, I hear you. So Judah says it just doesn't flow in the Mishnah. The Mishnah goes from a case uh, dealing with, according to Reish Lakish, uh, animals, and then it goes directly without any transitional, tra- transitional sentence into talking about human beings. You're talking about different Mishnah. Taught Beitin. Oh, what are you talking about? I thought we were talking about animals. All right, anyway, so here the Gemara has Rava's question. So, first and foremost, he asks on Resh Lakish. He says, This Beraita has no meaning according to Resh Lakish. What do you mean, even if the pious Abba Halafta was among them? Oh, what are you talking about? We're talking about animals, we're not talking about human beings. Secondly, even according to Rabbi Avahu, Rashi explains to us this question is relevant because keep in mind, according to Rabbi Avahu, the case in the Mishnah is where you have a Rotseach She Lo Nigmar Dino, which was mixed in with many Rotsheim She Nigmar Dinan. Does it matter if Abba Halafta became a murderer? And he was one of those convicted murderers who got mixed in together with this uh, alleged murder. What's the difference? No, it's, it's as if this is going to be a novel statement. It says the Beraita, even if Abba Halafta was, uh, of course, and even if uh, he was or she was, or him, but that's, that's not a Hidush. It's as if the Beraita is telling you something you would have thought differently because Abba Halafta is one. Why would I have thought differently? Because Abba Halafta is one of them. If Abba Halafta, this pious person, was a convicted murderer, I would never have thought differently. He was waiting on death row, as Rabbi Avahu is suggesting those Ahirim are. So then, of course, he's a part of it. This Beraita has no meaning, neither according to Resh Lakish or even according to the opinion of Rabbi Avahu. So the Gemara therefore suggests an alternative or a different approach. This Ela Amar Rava, this is what our Beraita Mishnah is really referring to. Again, I just uh, I'll pause for radio identification. We're dealing with the first words in the Mishnah. The first words of Mishnah are We just don't know what those words mean. We think we know what Roseach means, but we're not fully even certain. Is it an alleged murderer? We had witnesses, but we didn't finish the case. Or you even finish the case, it's a convicted murderer. Who are the Ahirim? We deal with human beings. Are we dealing with convicted murder? Who was it? Was it Kesherim? We right now don't have a clue. This must be what the Mishnah is talking about. Amazingly, it's the following case. There are two, let's say men, two human beings from Am Yisrael together. And there's an arrow which emerges from the two of them and kills another. And we don't have witnesses who saw which one of these two men shot the arrow. What's the halakha in such a circumstance? They kill someone. 
Kulan peturin, they're both peturin. What? Well, not only why would you think otherwise, this is, this is you know, I, I'm, I'm not one for all these amazing uh, coincidental stories, but I had, a, I had lunch yesterday with a former student, called a continued student, who's in law school. And he says to me, you got to hear the case we were addressing last week in class. I, I forgot the specific details, but there were two people out hunting, and they were shooting around at something, whatever, this person passing by and killed him, and the, the law in American case of some sort, again, I don't have all the details, but it was what he told me, and I was very excited because I said, I'm teaching that Gemara tomorrow. He says that they're both liable for death penalty. They both shot the bullets, apparently, that was, or, or they're both liable for whatever restitution charges you have over there. So uh, first and foremost, you got to ask the question on American law, if that is the law. Uh, why would you have thought but otherwise, at the very least, we're dealing with Safik. At the very least, you're dealing with Safik. But listen to the Beraita, and that the Beraita really clarifies why you would have thought otherwise. Because the Beraita says, Afilu, even if Abahalata bin him, even if it's two men, one of them is the pious Abahal, the guy never held of the bow and arrow in his life. You think he's the murderer? Of course he's not the murderer. But do you have witnesses that saw the other man shoot it? No, but we're certain it can't be Abahalata. That's the Hidush over here, according to, according to this approach of Ravav, based on that Beraita. Even though Abba Halata, it's just, it's just two men, and an arrow came out, and we didn't see who it came from, we saw it came from there, it kills this person, we can't put either one of them to death, according to Hachamim. What's that? You, what do you mean nobody saw? You saw the arrow come. What's that? That's with regards to witnesses. Yeah. Um, your, your, the statement then, your, your argument, if we don't know, so what you have to argue, and I'm going to read it from Rashi, is that we did see it, we don't know who it was. That's what it's got to be. And there was, then there was a hatra'ah, keep in mind we need a hatra'ah as well, right? And it must be, we just don't know, and that's really our case in the Mishnah, we just don't know who it was. Uh, take a look at Rashi, maybe he'll articulate, maybe I misarticulated it, and, and it's not exactly our forest case in the American law. All right, I was close enough. Ela Amarava says Rashi, Beshelohu kar lebedin ka'amar. It was not clear, it was not recognized by Bedin. Kegon shenaim omedin, there are two men standing, We don't know which one of them shot it. Shenehem peturim, they're both peturim. I imagine, I think you're all right, that we have to argue that it was seen a person shooting it. We're just not sure who it was. We saw a man, one of these two, shooting with a bow and arrow. We even issued a, issued a warning. We just don't know which one of them it was. So it was see, it's not that the arrow just came out of thin air, it's not that we were so dis. we're just not certain which one of them. So that's the case then in the Mishnah, that's, I have to re-articulate it like that. Uh, so Roseach, never thought of it that way, but I think, that, I think you're all 100% right. It has to be beyond the reasonable doubt in order to put to death. 
over here, it's pretty close, and we know the other one is Abba Halafta, so you know it's not him, nonetheless, that's the, and there was an issued warning to both. You have to argue like that, otherwise you're not dealing with a murder case. You're all 100% correct. Keep in mind, Rabbi Yehuda disagrees. Rabbi Yehuda says, I don't know that you can really keep it. And that's the statement of 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 Rabbi Yosef who says Afilu Abba Halafta Benehem Veshor Shenigmar Dino Shenit Arev Bishvarim Acherim Mealia Soklin Otan Rabbi Udaomer Konsin Otan Lekipa says the Gemara and inciting this further this is all that Beraita this is the Beraita which has the statement of Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yosef's statement the Beraita is Afilu Abba Halafta Benehem but Rabbi Yosef continued in his statement what was his continued word? Veshor and furthermore if there was an action Igmar Dino who has a Gemar Din Lemita Nagach Mitamol Shilshom and he kills a person and we convicted this Shor Shinit Arev Bishvarim Acherim and now got mixed into other Shivarim what sort of Shivarim? what what sort of oxen? Me'alya. Without any, you know, they're, they're, they're all me'alya. They're not, uh, they're not murderous ones. They're good ones. Soklinotan. Uh, we would, in such a circumstance, contrary to the statement of Resh Lakish earlier, we would stone them all. Why are we stoning them all? Rabbi Huda Omer Konsinotan Lekipah. Rabbi Huda disagrees and he says, you wouldn't be so killed, you'd rather just put them all into the holding area and bring them to death. Why would you be so killed? So Rashi explains it in Dibura Mathila Ila Marava, which we began reading just a moment ago. Rashi says that ultimately speaking, what would be the status? What would be the halakha? Again, uh, imagine we're not stoning. We have an ox. Uh, let me just very briefly re- review quickly what we're up to here. Humans, it's so, so, uh, agreed. G- give me one second. The Gemara has three suggested explanations to the Mishnah, and we concluded that. We finished that to a large extent with our final statement, that of Rava. Rava told us that the case in our Mishnah is not with the convicted mixed together with unconvicted, not with the animals uh, convicted and mixed together with the animals unconvicted. That's not the case, and he proves it from a Beraita. What's the case, rather? It's two men. We dealt with the specific details in our conversation now. And in such a circumstance, Now, the Biraita, which detailed, even if Abba Halafta Benahim continued, it continued by addressing directly the case of oxen. Oh, how funny, how interesting. What does it say in the Biraita? The Biraita says if there's a convicted ox, Meaning, we saw, we accepted, we convicted, but then it got mixed in because it ran around and it's mixed together with a lot of oxen. This one's a lot less far-fetched, A.B., than we were dealing with earlier. And I, you, know, you know the difference between that ox and this ox? Oh, we don't know. They're all oxen. I mean, unless this one has good eyes. Okay, so they're all mixed together. What are you going to do in such a situation? Say the hachamim soklin. You kill them. You stone them all? Why are you going to stone them all? Says Rashi, wait a second. What, what is your alternative? You're going to leave them all, and then what? You can benefit from all of them? You can't benefit from them. At the very least, we're going to have what's called an isur hana'ah. The fact that there's a murderous or a, a harmful killing, I don't, I don't want to say murderous, yeah, a murderous ox amongst this pack, you're going to say that they're all asur bahana'ah. You can't get benefit from any of them. So really, what do we... The whole pack are murdered, all the ox are 
Only one of them. The rest of them are all beautiful, allegiant oxen. However, since one murderous ox is amongst them, we can't get benefit from any of them. They're all, as a result, considered asur bahana. Say the hachamim, how am I going to deal with this case? On the one hand, one of them, as betin, it's my responsibility to stone it. On the other hand, the other ones, the owners can't get benefit from them anyway already. They're already off guard. Why not? Hazaton, I'm sorry. You should have been a little bit, you know, maybe keep your ox, uh, don't bring it to the show because it could get mixed with the murderous ox. But ultimately speaking, they're all asubana, say the hachamim, you want to know what we need to do? Let's stone them all. We need to stone the one that's murderous. The other ones, the benefit of the owners is not really there. It's not as if we're taking it away from the owners. The owners can't use it anyway. So clean at Kulan says that's a burden to the Bedin. The Bedin, you know what it takes to do Sikila? It's a lot of funding, it's a lot of manpower, it's a lot of time. You gotta take the ox, you gotta put it down, you gotta throw. Each one of these a hundred oxen instead, take them all, put them in the solitary confinement area and let them um, lead their way to death. But that's the Mahlokit, ultimately speaking. In a separate case, again, our first case is the case of the Mishnah where we're dealing with two human beings with Yasahat from Benahim. Then we're dealing with oxen, not even the case of Resh Lakish we had in the Gemara, but rather with a convicted one together with others. And that's the Halakha, says the Gemara. Indeed, we have a Beraita which directly accords with that which we've been discussing, the Hatanya. Oftentimes when you have vehatanya, it's a question. Sometimes it's benihuta, like Rashi writes, benihuta. Benihuta means you read it calmly, you're not excited, it's not a question. It's supporting what we had earlier. Well, here's what it says in the Beraita. Para shehemita, if you have a bull which killed a person, ve'ahakach yaleda, the bull, is that a female one? Bull, yeah. And it was pregnant. Afterwards, it gives birth. So it was pregnant as it gored, and then it gives birth. What if the birth of the baby was before the conviction? It killed while the baby was inside. It's only convicted after the baby is born. So the baby is born, mommy's not a murderer. After the baby's born, mommy's now a murderer. What's the halakha? The baby of that para is not a part of the mother to the extent that we have her convicted, him convicted as well. It's permitted, you're allowed to benefit, you're allowed to eat from it, and so forth. Alternatively, if it was pregnant and a verdict was leveled upon it, asur. Uh, the pregnancy and the, the, the birth takes place only afterwards. We say, Ubar is Yerech Imo. The baby is a part of the mother. They were both convicted, both the baby and the mother, because the baby is a part of the mother. And Asur, this has nothing really to do with our conversation until now, although it's going to give us good opportunity to talk a lot about it in the Gemara afterwards. Here's the part we really care about for what we just stated. Nit'arev ba'achirim ve'achirim ba'achirim. What if the baby comes out and the baby is asur bahana'ah. The baby needs to be put to death because the baby was convicted together with the mother. The baby was internal during the time of sentencing. And it now gets mixed in with a group of other beautiful baby parot. Ah, those beautiful baby parot are mixed in with the murderers. Why well, is not murderers, but we're considering it murderers. And then what if one from that group goes and gets mixed in with another group? Even that far-fetched. Keep in mind, what was the status of the first group? I don't know. Now the next group, I guess I got, you had one quasi-murderous uh, uh, para got mixed in with a group of a hundred kosher clean ones. One from that group of 100 kosher clean ones gets taken out and mixed into another group of 100. What's the status of all 199 of those? 
or 200 of them, konsin otan lekipah. The halakha is, says the first opinion, the Beraita, you bring them all lekipah, you bring to their death. Rabbi Lazab, Rabbi Shimon Omer, mevi'in otan lebetin vesoklin otan. The next opinion is consistent with the opinion we saw earlier of hachamim, we're going to stone all of them, which means, say, the Gemara concludes for us with a Biraita, which directly accords with that last halacha we were talking about earlier, and that was the situation where your property was, needs to be put to death, your, your ox needs to be put to death, but it got mixed in with others. What are you to do in such a circumstance? Either you stone them all, or alternatively, you bring to the death of all of them. That's what you're going to do in all cases of this dangerous, murderous property. Just parenthetically, very briefly, the Beraita mentioned a twofold mixing. It said it got mixed in a group, the baby of the mother, and then it got mixed in another group. That's a little bit far-fetched. That's what you call suffix. generally speaking. Suffix means the first group, you're not sure of what the status of this one that got picked out, and then it got, that one got mixed into the next group. And the next one that's picked out of that group is it's a, a doubt on top of a doubt. Generally speaking, we say the makom safik sefika, it's mutar. If you've ever heard halacha classes, we say safik, it's mutar in this. Even if it's not, well, safik on this, we say that's mutar. The opinion, however, of Rabbi Huda, as Tosafot points out elsewhere, double safik, we generally speaking say safik sefika, it's mutar. Rabbi Huda is the notable exception to that rule. He disagrees. Tosafot here at the bottom of the page suggests. This Beraita is referring to the opinion of Rabbi Uda, that's a fix if mutar. The second answer, of, I guess it's all parenthetic, Tosafot's second answer is, you misunderstood the case over here. The case is, this baby got mixed in to a majority, let's say 99 others, 100 others, so now the vast majority in this first group is mutar. The whole group gets transplanted into another group. So now you have 100 in that other group and 99 or 100 from the first. You have a double majority. The Gemara and Masechet Ketubot and Daftetvav deals with this idea of double majority sometimes being more permitted. The statement over here is when you're dealing with Ba'alei Chaim and you deal with an animal which we call Nikar Bim Komo, it can be separated. It's not really mixed in. It's not a homogenous or even heterogeneous mixture. It's not a mixture of any sort because you can pick out each one of those animals and see and discern them individually in such a circumstance. And that's the Hidush. Even with a double majority, we're still going to say Asur. Uh, when all the dust settles, what we did today was three interpretations to what Ahirim was. And then we concluded with this interesting case with regards to the oxen. What the Gemara will go back to do afterwards is to stop and pause for a moment in the first words of that Beraita where we dealt with the ox, which was either the verdict was, was met before the birth of the baby or after the birth of the baby, we'll question that and try to come up with some fundamentals as well. Baruch Amen ve'amen.